Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Gary Baracco, who's Director of Global Product Marketing at Amber Road. And today we're going to talk about the rights and mores of supply chain execution. Now, whether you're talking about the Amazon effect and the, the rapid rise of uh, e-commerce or the ever-changing global trade management landscape or what's happening on the technology front, I think it's clear that the rules for success in supply chain management are, are, are changing and are different today than they were in the past. So, you know, what are these new rules for, uh, for success? How can companies prepare? And, you know, what's the critical role that technology is going to play in all this? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And uh, it's great to welcome back Gary to the program to share his insights and uh, advice on this topic. So, Gary, welcome back. Thanks, Adrian. It's always a good conversation when we get together, and it's great when we can share this with your listeners. Um, it's true, though. You know, you talk about um, you know how we needed to adjust, but I think we're adjusting every day. Um, you know, every little moment is going to really affect our supply chain. So, staying on the pulse is really important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And speaking of of adjustment, you know, we're we're heading up to uh, you know Thanksgiving here just in a few days, so we'll have to adjust our belts and uh, waistbands as as we prepare for that big that big meal. But maybe we'll have you know maybe an outcome of this conversation is that we can you know continue this conversation uh, with the with, with our family and friends uh, at the Thanksgiving yeah. table. That might make for a you know boring conversation, but uh, as they're trying to watch the football game. But anyway, uh, for those of us that are in the industry, this is really important stuff, and and certainly I, I think it's. There are things that I know going to a lot of conferences and speaking with a lot of uh, you know manufacturers and retailers. I mean, they're it's never-ending landscape out there. They're trying to figure out you know what's the best way to succeed. And you wrote you know kind of an interesting blog post you know recently where, where you stated that in today's consumer you know driven you know world uh, you know success for retailers and consumers you know goods manufacturers boils down to six guiding principles that you call kind of the, the quote-unquote rights of supply chain execution. So I, let's start there. I mean, what are these six rights? You know, and, and the rights of supply chain management have been a mantra in the industry for, for years. But Adrian, like you, I get to go to a lot of different events and I listen to what industry leaders are concerned about. And that's what I like to write and talk about. Um, I was at a sourcing summit in New York recently and one third of the sessions in this sourcing summit focused on how brands can design, produce, and quickly ship products to consumers that they're insisting on. And I thought, this is sourcing. And I, I reached out to, to the organizers. I said, we need more about sourcing. And he says, yeah, but all of this affects sourcing. You know, since this disruptive Amazon effect, capital A, capital E, has established a new normal, um, the states have really been upped for, for retailers. Uh, and it's pushing that traditional pace of supply chain execution to an even more faster, uh, more reactive speed. And I, and I continue to say, yes, this is sourcing, right? Because if we're not looking at what's happening early in the product life cycle, we're not going to be able to actually place orders and source and then manage the production. So truly sourcing executives are concerned with all of the aspects of the supply chain today. So let's get to the rights, right? Well, last year, 2018 holiday season, you know, was something else because I think that was the, the big takeoff of e-commerce. Now it's become more of a norm to do shopping online. I'm curious to see because the 2018 holiday season winners are really going to be determined by which companies have properly stocked their shelves 
with the right products at the right price. But it goes further than that. So the success for retail and consumer goods in today's new world order boils down to six guiding principles, and I call them the rights of supply chain execution. The right product at the right price in the right place during the right time with the right compliance and working with the right partners. And so all of these rights have to be in place. It's such a fine balance because I've got to make sure that I hit that sweet spot, right? You could have all the right products at the, at the right price, but if they're not where folks are going to be buying them, you and I were talking about the weather, cold and rainy where we are, could be warm and sunny somewhere else. Those folks aren't buying sweaters, scarves, and, and gloves over the Black Friday weekend. But up here in the Northeast, we're all feeling that chill already. So if that right product at the right price is in the right place, and that right time when I'm ready to buy it, and it meets those standards of quality and product testing that I'm looking for as the consumer, and it comes from an ethically sourced supplier, I've hit all the R's on topic. And as chief supply chain officers, you got to address each functional area to ensure the, the performance is end to end. But it's not easy because supply chains are undergoing this transformation and we're really shifting from product focused supply chains to consumer centric supply chains because the fickle demanding consumer has more say in what is right. You know, I, 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 I love that definition because when I, when I first started reading the article and, and, and I was thinking about the rights, right, and, and I thought of the perfect order metric, right, which is the right product mm -hmm. and the right quantities at the right. But, but your definition or your six, you know, it kind of goes much broader, you know, than that, right? You bring in the price component, for example. You bring in the compliance aspect uh, as an example. You bring in the right partners, which actually, you know, speaks to a reality of today's supply chains that it's, you know, no company is really master of their own destiny. They're really dependent on their suppliers, their customers, their uh, carriers. You know, if they're bringing stuff in from overseas, you know, they've got to work effectively with customs to make sure that product is flowing and getting cleared through customs, uh, you know, on time. Uh, you know, the, uh, the consumer today is much more in tune with, you know, like you mentioned, ethically sourced product or, the, you know, the, the provenance of the goods and things like that. So, uh, you know, I think what you talk about here is a much broader definition and perspective than I think what was talked about, you know, years ago, which was more limited when it was around the perfect order metric, right? Right, right. It's, it's much bigger. And, and like you said, the consumer's smarter. They're savvy. They do their homework. They do their research. They're comparing online. Um, they're looking at various websites. Do I go in the store? They might even go in the store and feel and test that product, right? I want to watch. I want to see what that TV looks like before I buy it. And then I might purchase it online. So there's all types of channels that are, are involved in the sales process. You know, that, that last point you brought up, uh, we, we did that exactly this week. My, my wife um, brought my, uh, my boys to get new coats to um, uh, LL Bean. Mm -hmm. and uh, they went and they tried on the jackets that they wanted and, and they fit and then they went to go buy it and there was like 20 person line uh, to go pay. My wife said, there's no way I'm going to spend, you know, 30 minutes standing in this line waiting to pay. So she went right on her phone and yeah. ordered it from her LLB mobile app because she knew this, she found the coat, she knew what size it was because the boys just tried them on and Bing, bing, bing. She walked out the store and ordered it and purchased it. And we got it here three days later on our doorstep. And she didn't have to wait, 
you know, in line. Even though she she went with the intent of purchasing it there at the store, she just didn't want to wait in line. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting example. Yep. There. Now, the other thing you talk about in the post is you also talk about, so you talked about the rights, you also talk about the moors mm -hmm. uh, to kind of balance things out. So, um, you know, what are these moors? It, it doesn't just end there. So as we're shifting our dynamic also, and, and before I answer that, I want to just mention I'm putting out a 2019 predictions report, uh, annual report that I publish. It'll be out in a few weeks. Um, and I talk about that consumer, but how we've entered that, the new industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution or 4.0, and that can, technology and the internet have enabled us to, to move to a new level of consumerism that feeds into this. So what are the mores? Well, speed to market used to be the number one hallmark of a supply chain success. And really, no matter how fast the product moves from concept to consumer, if the other variables, if the cost is too high, if the quality is lacking, or if it's not truly innovative or cool, if the fabric's not awesome, the bottom line is going to suffer. And to truly increase speed without compromising all of those other equally important factors, a company has to just be more efficient and more agile. And there's different methods for them to get there. Digitization is the only answer, though, that's worth exploring. And we've been talking about digitization or digitalization, depending where you are, um, for the last maybe two years now. We've been buzzing about digitization of the supply chain. But when we look at this, we're looking at not only the rights, but the mores that are governing supply chain operations. And you can only achieve both the rights and the mores if you're truly digitized. So in, in addition to the rights, the dynamic is leading to a new dynamic for measuring supply chain execution as the mores. And these are newly acquired supply chain characteristics and they kind of layer on top of the rights. There's four of them that I'll call out. More speed to market. So not just speed to market, but more speed to market because shipping times have gone from weeks to days. And, and more agile processes planning and production and shipping processes have to be nimble enough to flex because we've got this ebb and flow of demand, sometimes determined by that weather that we've already talked about. We need more granular data, and that's product data that's down to the SKU level, and it could be size and color in some cases. Look at the boys' coats in L.L. Bean. If, it, if that data wasn't available to get that exact color and size at the right time in the right place when it was being ordered by your wife, the deal wouldn't have gone down. So at every stage of the life cycle, we need to have that data. And then we need more accurate tracking, more accurate tracking, not just accurate tracking, in transit visibility from the first mile to the last mile have become vital KPIs. So now as you're waiting for those jackets to arrive, let's see what happens. Yeah, no, I, lo I love those mores and particularly, you know, the, the, the ones you talked about with regards to, uh, to data, because I think, you know, in, in some ways, um, uh, you know, we, we, and I know we've talked about it on the program before, you know, we talk about, you know, machine learning and business intelligence and analytics and, and artificial intelligence and so on and so forth. Um, but, but a lot of that is, is driven by, you know, data and information and, and having it more, not only more granular, but also, you know, making sure that it's accurate and it's in, and it's in a, a timely, you know, manner. Uh, I know in some of these things, uh, you know, when, when we talk to a lot of the companies or uh, uh, retailers, for example, with Omnichannel, um, having that 
real-time inventory visibility in terms of how much inventory do we actually have at each of our stores, how much inventory do our suppliers actually have if we want them to drop ship, you know, how much inventory do we have at our distribution centers or in transit so they can make those decisions or and be able to present those options to the consumer in real time. I mean, that's, that's a holy grail that, I mean, um, no company has truly mastered yet because of, you know, uh, of its complexity. So, I mean, I think that all is all part of this, you know, more, more, more uh, that you've, uh, you've talked about there. Um, so, so what is the first step then? I mean, you've, we've got these new rules for success, you know, we've got these rights, we've got these more, I think you kind of mentioned it already. I, I suspect that digitization has something to do with it, but how should companies start responding to this new reality? Well, I, I said digitization is the first step, and that's really where we are. We're back to square one in the transformation game. And, you know, Gartner talked transformation two years ago, and we're still talking about it. And the numbers, the surveys we've been, we've been doing this year are showing that there's a slow climb to those companies that are digitally transforming. So this is where we need to be. But again, if we're not covering all of the bases, we're not going to ensure that we have our products set right. So the first step is still digitization. I read a report um, from A.T. Carney, a guy named Christian Hagen, and Christian said that with the emerging digital ecosystem, supply chains are not only going to be efficient, but they also have the ability to pivot against increasing business complexity and uncertainty. And this means that the end of today's kind of performance trade-offs, right? So there's, there's potential to unlock valuable savings, productivity savings, 20 to 30%, even 40% inventory reduction if you support multiple channels with products and personalization. So digitization can bring this type of reward and benefit. Um, earlier this year, I wrote about 2017 holiday sales and the results and how traditional retail sales, those that occurred in the brick and mortar stores, went down last year. So companies really made a shift, bigger e-commerce channels to satisfy consumers, and they built up for the year. I mentioned that this new supply chain model is dubbed, as, or we have this new industrial revolution. Um, called 4.0, but we also have new supply chain models to match that. So we have supply chain 4.0 that a lot of industry gurus are kind of looking at. And that's this model, digitization of all data and bringing it to that fourth level. Um, let me talk further about that fourth industrial revolution because it's fascinating to see that this has created a new global trade environment. And it was caused by the internet. As, as a reminder, the first three were driven by coal and steam, and then electricity, and then the automobile, all three which are still relevant to today's supply chain operations. But now we have computing, and the boom of computing led by the internet and, and mobile devices and automation. So this is really a profound transformation of, of people, processes, and products, and the digitization of data becomes imperative so that everything can run smoothly. We've also spent the year talking about things like blockchain, which is a digital solution. And, and our emphasis at Amber Road to the blockchain discussion is that unless you're digitized today, you can't introduce new technologies like blockchain if they were to evolve and prove themselves. You know, I like the, uh, I, I, I like, you know, what you mentioned before in terms of, of pivoting. And when I think about digitization and these new supply chain models and, and so forth, 
is the reality is that a lot of companies can't pivot. I mean, you know, it's it's you know, it's the classic. You know, you can't you can't quickly turn around a big ship, right? And yeah. and in some ways, what's happening in the operating environment is the requirements, these rights and these mores are requiring companies to not only pivot but continuously pivot and 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 be able to be responsive and flexible. But historically, a lot of the you know uh, uh, infrastructure and processes and technologies and tools that companies have in place are just not built and not designed. Right you know, to be able to do that. So to your point, I think part of the drive toward digitization and, and, and toward, you know, really rethinking the way supply chains are, are designed and planned and executed and the underlying technology be, uh, underneath all of that, you know, is, has to really be aligned with this new uh, environment where you really have to pivot um, right. more frequently than others. So, I mean, what, what are the, you know, what do you see as the main barriers to, 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 you know, digitization. I mean, is it is it the classic, you know, change management? Is it bringing along? I mean, maybe you're uh, all into it in terms of wanting to digitize, but maybe you some, your trading partners aren't quite ready yet. I mean, what do you see as kind of the, the main barriers there? You know, there's there's a lot of factors. First of all, we're we're coming into 2019, and you know, Gartner, IDC, Forrester, a few years back, they they shot out this prediction that 80 percent of companies will have made the digital transformation by 2020. You know, we're talking a year from now, and the most progressive companies are leading the way into the digital transformation for supply chains, but, but so many are not still, right? Um, so many companies have realized that that whole digitization and going digital is the right way to break traditional supply chain management, move boldly into the future of supply chain 4.0 to stay up with the industrial revolution 4.0. Digital technology is creating important and significant improvements in in business outcomes. And as long as business kind of reinvents their strategies while concurrently reimagining this whole digital sphere and their supply chains moving digital and all the parties becoming digital, it's going to be a success. But as with any disruptive movement, digitization tends to kind of blur the picture quality that a lot of leaders have of their organization. And, and leaders have to take a serious look. Um, friend of mine, Ben Hazen, working with the University of Tennessee and, and Global Supply Chain Institute, you know, really produced a great report this year. And in that report, if anybody wants it, they can reach out to me and I can access it for them. But University of Tennessee published a report that provides supply chain managers with a framework that kind of helps them make informed decisions about that digitization and moving into digitization technology and and kind of accelerate what Gartner calls that slope of enlightenment toward the plateau of productivity. I wonder what that place looks like. Um, You know, I'd like to get there one day. Um, but in the report, uh, you know, Ben and, and the team put together an acronym called S-A-V-V-Y. Um, and I use the word savvy a lot, but I don't have all these, uh, these the acronyms to go with it. But this, this is a new approach, um, and it's a process of assessing kind of where digitization might really come into play within their organization and re- really be employed. So savvy, you know, it stands for a few different things, right? Source of data, first of all. Um, And so where is my data living? Where are the sources? How digital are they? Can I extract them into a a soft format? The A in savvy is um, the analytical capabilities. So can I 
export this into big AI tools or can I do some human uh, analy analytics with this? Um, the next V comes in is what, where does this apply? What are the variety of applications across the supply chain? SAVV, right? Our second V in Savvy is the value that it provides. So if I'm going to go through all is this where I'm going to get the, the most value? And then the last is your changing role in their changing role, but a Y, S-A-V-V-Y, is your changing role and what your role would be in this new digitized supply chain. So once again, sources of data, analytics, variety of applications, the value they bring and what your role is in that. And if, if executives are kind of working through all of those processes, they're gonna see what's behind the whole transformative process and what they need to conduct. And they hit that maturity assessment and kind of give them an idea of how long it's gonna take them to get there. Are they gonna make it by 2020 or is it a long shot? So I encourage folks to read more about this process. I found it interesting and, and certainly applicable to any industry. You know, that's a, that, that's a great point. I mean, I, I think, you know, some another challenge, and I think really speaks to, to what you just talked about, is that, you know, you, you see the, the, the term digitization and, and, you know, all the writing and discussions about it. And, and in some cases, it's almost like this amorphous thing for some, for, for some leaders and, and some companies. Or it sounds like it's something that is, you know, this is going to be, you know, a 10-year you know, $100 million, you know, project and how do, you know, and what if we make the wrong bet or what if we make the, you right. know, so, so it just sounds like too overwhelming. And, and we all know what happens when things are overwhelming. We tend to procrastinate and kind of just do other things instead. But I think having a framework or being able to kind of look at the journey and the process in, you know, more bite size or, you know, have some kind of roadmap in place, I think will will help a lot of companies in terms of getting, you know, when I talk to a lot of companies and say, what advice would you give? You know, for those companies that are already ahead of the curve, I say, well, what advice would you give to other companies? This advice is not rocket science, but they just say, just get started, right? Yeah. Which, you know, just get started because, um, you know, you can have analysis paralysis and, you know, spend a year trying to figure this out and, and you've already wasted a year without, you know, you could have identified some small, you know, projects to get you started and you would have already started making progress, you know, along the way. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I think, you know, you, you've gotten visibility with some of the, you know, customers you work with that, that are kind of getting, that have gotten started making progress in different areas. I mean, what, what are some of the benefits that, uh, you know, you're seeing out there of companies that are kind of, uh, kind of moving along and, and starting to respond to this new uh, industrial revolution? Well, it certainly gives you greater capabilities, right? So we're now creating not the product-centric, but the consumer-centric digital supply chain, right? And when we put the consumer uh, at heart there, which is very different from most supply chains, a few things come into play. First of all, we've got to look early in the product lifecycle, uh, product lifecycle management data, right? That's our, our deep product data with technical specifications and images and, and product details. And, and that needs to be all in one space, but it needs to be collaborative. So we're opening that up to our raw material suppliers, all of our input suppliers, our finished goods suppliers, so that they can kind of uh, collaborate and spur that in innovation together. And you can also share those early plans and test consumers. We've seen tons of that happening in the retail space today. Um, that's how social media is growing even more with, with Twitter and Instagram models actually, you know, getting 
uh, uh, garments and, and handbags and you know taking pictures with them and can seeing how many clicks they're drawing. Um, this is done with a lot of prototyping. The second is that um, global product compliance management. And I'm talking about product compliance by centralizing your standards and, and the regulatory requirements with all of your globally distributed vendors and factories and those compliance teams in every country and ensuring customers can see that the products meet the quality criteria that they desire. And it's not just the manufacturing quality, it's the way things are sourced ethically um, and, and where these things are coming from. We, we had a, a big questionnaire recently from uh, an apparel manufacturer um, that's going all the way down to the viscosity levels in the fabric. Um, viscose being a, a pulp that's used in fabric, man, the, the nice stretchy fabrics that we love to wear after Thanksgiving. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're looking at the providers of viscose and see and, and want to provide that level of transparency to the buyers, the, the consumers in the stores. Um, next, we want to gain visibility over our day-to-day our -day supply chain management, right? So where's everything today? And I always say we can't do it by looking at everything. We need to management, manage by exception only. What's, what's not working right? Where are the bottlenecks? Um, and that way we can ensure on-time delivery, and it starts way back earlier in the factory. And then achieving kind of this transparent and traceable supply chain through, through all of this end-to-end -end visibility way earlier on. Um, we need to have safe and secure portals for suppliers and internal teams, but we need to track all of the items. We need to look down to the skew and color size level on shipments and look at raw materials um, and all the way to the consumer's doorstep. So the consumer is really playing out to be the most powerful dynamic that's driving supply chains to all of these new levels. You gave a great example of the L.L. Bean jackets um, and the consumer was in charge at that point. But if it's your wife, she's always in charge. <laughs> that that's right that's right well th those are all uh, you know great 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 points there you know gary uh, you know we're kind of running short on time here so i'm just going to go right to my, to my last question i think it kind of it will, will tie it all together in a way you know so so again for, for companies that are probably still on the sidelines or maybe skeptical about the value of, of digitizing their their supply chain i mean what what advice or recommendations uh, would you give them um, digitize. Um, you know, it's the end all means. Um, like you said, just do it. Um, you know, get started. Uh, put, look at the framework, look at the savvy framework from UT's report and, and see, well, can we do some assessment and see where we are? What's our maturity model in that process? Um, and look for the real value. Um, you know, the value for, for our customers at Amber Road is end to end visibility and improved efficiencies. We've seen huge cost savings, but then minimize risk to, to fractures in that supply chain that come at it. So, you know, the supply chain is one area that's, that's truly ripe for this digitization process. And with these globally scattered suppliers, with labor rates, transportation rates, last mile delivery challenges, all these obstacles that are coming up in any shipper's path right now, adding complexities of customs and trade policies. We've got this perfect storm of challenges for the growing number of companies that are doing business in this global trade arena. And, and I, I, we just will be publishing our mid-market company report too, and we're seeing that even mid-market companies in the United States are, are sourcing 
from five to 50 countries and importing in and out, bringing parts in and exporting parts out. So there's a lot of reason that you need to digitize your supply chain regardless of the size of the company you are. Um, and if you want to learn more about software automation and how that can create a digital model of your supply chain that kind of su supports all of these executionary aspects, along with good trade content, I always offer our website at amberroad.com, um, tons of resources available there, and then you can always look on Talking Logistics. Great, great. Yeah, no, I certainly look forward to kind of reading some of those reports uh, you referenced and some of your upcoming reports, including your, your predictions for, uh, for 2019, which is, you know, just, just around the corner. And I think one thing is for sure is that, you know, all, all of these things that we talked about today are only going to accelerate and things are only going to become more complex and challenging, you know, you know in, in the years ahead. And, but the opportunities are also going to be, you know, as, as great as ever. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, Gary, as I always say at the end of all our episodes, we, we always just manage to scratch the surface, but I, I think you provided some great food for thought and, and insights and, and advice for our, our viewers. So I, I appreciate you making the time to uh, be with us today. Thanks for having me. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Amber Road website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for uh, Gary, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. So again, thank you all and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.